Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop with all things church life. My name's Mark Francis, and I'm once again your host for today. Well, our most recent conversation was with the Sanfords, the incoming, um, call them new couple to the church. Um, and they had great conversations, Tim and Sue, of um, just what God has done to bring them here. We're going to have a chance to look back, I think, with a conversation today. I have John and Diane Morrison here with me. How are you guys? We are doing a okay. Yeah, it's, it's not right. as not as enthusiastic of saying okay because we, <laughs> you know, talking about twenty nine years, almost thirty years of being here at Fellowship Bible yeah. Church, yeah, being here in town, and um, so we want to have this um, conversation give you an opportunity to share what you've seen God do in your lives, through you, through the body over these last many years. But before we get to that conversation, um, first, just tell us where you guys are over these last couple of weeks. Uh, I know that, um, John, you're gonna be preaching this coming Sunday, mm-hmm. um, moving and things are happening. So I'll cue that up. Just let us know what's going on. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to let Diane do a bit. We, we uh, sold our home in April. God was very gracious to us to make that happen quickly. Uh, and then the people we, who bought the home from us have been kind enough to let us rent it back from them. Neat. And so we're there until we head out uh, Memorial Day weekend. And then uh, we needed to have a place in Texas. Mm. And Diane went and spent two weeks down there looking at houses and rolling everywhere that she could with a realtor that we had been involved with for several months. And she found a great house and God worked it out together. We're supposed to close in just a few days. And we're just so grateful to have a spot. Uh, I've been kind of stuck here at home because of some health reasons, Mm. but, uh, but that's been good. It's been, uh, it's been a crazy time. And then other than that, it's been emptying the house. It's not just packing. It's not just loading (laughs) things, but Diane has done, an amazing job of with her friends, packing things, loading things, getting rid of things, and so it's been a it's been a whirlwind of activity. It's a lot. So yeah. in two weeks' time, Diane, you were in Texas, looked yes. for houses, yes, and found a house. How many Amazingly. did you? How many did you go through? And what, what well, was that process like? It was an interesting time because I I'd sent out a text to some of my friends and said, "Well, I'm going to go find a needle in a haystack." Uh huh. Um, the inventory is very tight in Texas and lots of people are moving there. And the realtor picked me up that somebody in our church recommended. And she said, well, number one, I don't really show houses anymore because I'm the broker. (laughs) And I said, well, gosh, she said, but so-and-so from your church said, I needed to show you houses. That was very kind. And she said, but the other thing is, this has never happened to me in all the years I've been a realtor, is there's only four houses to show you, and none of them are very great. Wow. So we started on this journey, and as we went to a house, a house populated and came up. Hmm. And then that night, two more populated midweek, which is very unusual. They usually don't go on the market till Thursday. And we ended up buying one of those houses, but... It was a picture all along that you walk through one, you start going to one door that you know to go to, and another one opens. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how the Lord's done the whole process. Mm -hmm. And it Um, sounds like, from what you told me, you also had to kiss a few frogs. 
to, to find that prince. <laughs> yeah. yeah, since when I landed in Texas, I'd gotten the call from John that he'd gone to his eye doctor and he had to be flat on his face for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's when the body of Christ, I'm so thankful for. I don't know what people do who don't have churches mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or Christ, a Christ family, because John... Within one day, he was like, how many people have you called? Because they were bringing him food and uh, Hmm. a uh, therapy table arrived with a headrest for him. Um, You know, so many people just, I didn't worry Hmm. about what, how John was going to be able to function face down for two weeks. That's amazing. And I know last time that we were here, we chatted, I feel like those were some stories that came through Mm -hmm. of just... The, the goodness of God through the lives of people yeah. in the church mm-hmm. to be there for you or for yeah. others yeah. when the right need came up. That's and really true. That's and really, I didn't call a bunch of people. Really, yeah. I let a few people know, and then it just happened. And hmm. so. Yeah, and I didn't even have a chance, frankly, to think about a meal because every time that the refrigerator was kind of emptying out from what somebody had given me two nights before or the night before— I'm thinking, well, this will be interesting. I'll figure something out. And someone would call and they'd say, oh, I've got, I'm bringing dinner tonight. It would, I don't know if they talk to each other, hmm. but I'm not aware of anybody having talked to anyone. All I know is every day m- my needs were provided for. Hmm. And it was it's just very humbling and very gracious of God and very gracious of all these people. Yeah, <laughs> it's the body of Christ coming together. And I think it's also the the care and the love that Fellowship Bible Church has for you guys. And so that's, I, I, I know you guys are receiving that love, and I hope this, this mm-hmm. conversation can allow you guys to express a little mm-hmm. back to yes. the church of, of how you guys feel. But thinking back of all the years, um, John, how many, <laughs> this is a pop quiz question, how many roles or how many job titles have you had here? I thought I, you were going to ask, how many times have you been to the hospital <laughs> No, we might get to that story. Uh, but yeah, just, I mean, when you came on board, well, came, what, did, what was that job look like came, and how does my, it evolve? My title was Pastor of Family Life Ministries. Mm-hmm. And what it meant was being in charge of the mini church ministry and being in charge of the assimilation ministry and then doing counseling. Mm-hmm. And that was what we called Family Life Ministries. And that continued for like that for three or four years. And then uh, uh, Rich Brito came in in uh, 95 or 96, and he took over assimilation as well as many other roles. Um, And so that got dumped off. But in the meantime, the church had grown by about 60% over those previous years. So Mm -hmm. we were, had gone from 400 to 700. And so it was fortunate because Mm -hmm. now all I have is many churches and counseling and then uh, Scott Santmeyer came in around 97, 98, and Scott and I worked on many churches together for quite a while, and eventually he took that. And uh, so, once again, the church had grown so much by that point that uh, it was a good thing because I was left sort of with counseling around 2000, except the elders at that point said, well, your title has always been fa- pastor of family life, and you've done, you've taught classes, and you've counsel and you've done other things. We think it's time that we uh, did a, a family ministry and that we, you know, that we asked you to figure out what that means. Mm. And so, so then I kept the same title, 
but my role shifted into far more course development and some ministry development in terms of uh, pre-marriage counseling and writing a course for that and uh, a men overcoming lust uh, course, which another guy and I wrote and um, a course that we've been teaching here for 20 years called Pillars, uh, which I wrote and, and things that we basically had to do with how do you help the family mm. be a family mm-hmm. and parenting classes and marriage classes. And so that's really what I did until John Avery took over the family part mm-hmm. about uh, four or five years ago. So I don't know. It's always been within family. It's always yeah. been within counseling. But then now biblical counseling is kind of the official title that right. you've had. Where right. it's the last four years. Really yeah. coordinating a right. lot of different counselors here yeah. at the church, not just doing it yourself. So, yes. And that's, I think that's part of really the unsaid portion that I can speak to is that I've yeah. seen that ministry go from just, yeah. not just you meeting yeah. with people one-on-one right. to expanding and training people to have That's been such that. a joy that the elders have had the vision for supporting that kind of thing of equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of us are familiar with what Ephesians 4 says, uh, that the pastors and teachers are to equip the saints to, to do that, meaning every Christian is called by God to have roles to serve within the body to cause the gospel to mm-hmm. further. Mm-hmm. And and I think that in that, the men and women who who make up uh, the counseling ministry do so many things behind the scenes of encouraging people and guiding people and strengthening them in the word of God and um, helping them see how does the gospel really apply to our situation? How, how do we overcome this marriage conflict or how do we overcome this parenting struggle by looking to the Lord, by looking to his word, and by having someone walk with me. Mm. And so that has been, actually, I think that's been the greatest joy for me, is as the roles have changed, it's been less me doing things mm. and more, what can I do to encourage or help equip other people? Which speaks to when you guys do leave. And yes, there is a hole to that is going to be a void here at Fellowship Bible Church because of who you guys are. But there is this longevity of the counseling ministry continuing. Yeah. Speak to kind of what you see in place that when you guys are gone, that there is this uh, continuation of what you set forth. That, that is such a God thing uh, in so many different ways. Um, and I'd be interested, Diane will have a different vantage point because she's been involved in this, but in a different role than I Um, but here the Lord has led since 2008 for the counseling ministry to continually be more and more the body. And, and, and he did it through a variety of people and situations. One of which someone had watched me counsel someone live and said something to the effect of, gosh, I don't ever want to counsel anymore when I watch you do it. And I thought that's a sick (laughs) That's a sick kind of a thing that if some way, n- number one, I uh, there isn't anything about me, but number two, if you're doing something in ministry, it ought to make other people want to do it because mm. they see the Lord doing it. Mm. They see it's not about people. Mm. Fundamentally, it's not who, who they are. And so anyway, that helped trigger this, no, we got to get everybody in the body doing what they can do. And so... Um, um. So another person in our church recommended um, 
the yeah. counseling training that we now do. Yeah. And John, I think, was mm. open to it. Even, you know, he had one kind of training of, for counseling. But this has been a great program. It's very transferable. And what I love about it is people like me who aren't naturally drawn to, um, to counseling can have a grid that it guides you on kind of how to walk through yeah. dealing with real life and struggles that people are having. And I think the great thing is it's given the type of people actually who are on John's leadership team. I laughed. I said, who would have a thought? Pilot's an engineer. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you you name these people. They're not the fuzzy, you know, more people-y right. people. Right. I mean, I don't want to. There are people people, but it's just not who you would think would be drawn to a counseling ministry. But I think that um, it's it's given people a way to proceed and to see that we all have gifts. And in the body of Christ, we're all called to encourage one another. If one person was the person who had to rebuke and correct and train and do all the things that Paul talks about, that's exhausting for mm. one person. And this body is too big for yeah. that. And, and we need each way, other. And it's not the way the Lord even wanted. When I think about these guys, like I'm thinking about one particular guy that Diane was just alluding to, one of these kind of pilot engineer types, and he never would have counseled. He wouldn't have ever wanted to be near the word. Mm. He wouldn't want to, I mean, I don't mean the word of God, but I mean the word counseling. He, mm. That would have been just a big turnoff. But he said, when I realized that the Bible says that we have everything necessary, that that the Holy Spirit spoke through the Apostle Paul, for example, in... Uh, um, Romans chapter 15 and verse 14 to tell them that um, they have, they he's, he's convinced that they're full of godliness and able to guide, correct, and rebuke mm. one another along this line of how do you become holy like Christ? Mm. And so these guys, as they started seeing, wait a minute, this isn't about somebody with a degree. This is about what the Bible says. This is about what God does. And so they began to be very encouraged, and they've been used by God so many ways to help people. And now, John Avery, John Avery was one of the ones who went with me years ago, uh, 13 years ago, uh, 14 years ago, to watch some training on biblical counseling. And he told me afterwards, he said, you know, this is what I'm looking for. I was at a conference for youth pastors just three months ago, and they didn't use the scriptures one time. Hmm. Now, that's not true of youth pastors in general, but at this particular conference, they just didn't think that was terribly necessary. Hmm. And he said, I go into this conference, and the Word of God is front and center, and basically what they said was, everybody in the body of Christ can be equipped to lead, guide, encourage, sustain, direct, correct others, because we're all... Uh, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we mm -hmm. all have the Holy Spirit, and we all have the Word of God. And he said that encouraged him, and that was going to be the last thing I was going to say about answer to your question. Yeah. When you said, what what do I see as I leave? What I see as I leave is, yes, John Avery has a master's in counseling. Um, yes, he has um, the history of Moody in terms of his his biblical and theological instruction. He's got these things from school, which are that's great to have. But what I think we really have in terms of a leader is somebody who is way more convinced that Christ is sufficient and way more convinced that the word of God is sufficient. Mm. Um, and as a result of his deep 
conviction about God and the humility I see in him and the love God's given him as a pastor. He's got a pastor's heart. John, I've already seen the people on the team and others who counsel being encouraged by John's presence because John is like, okay, the Lord moved me into this. And so now he's back to doing what I did at the beginning, which is family ministry and counseling Mm -hmm. together. And all the teams of people who do things, helping women with uh, overcome struggles related to sexual abuse or the men's um, uh, pursuing personal purity or uh, the pre-marriage ministry, all these different places, financial counselors, all these people behind the scenes who build up the body of Christ. And we have, by God's grace, we have uh, not only a number of people who are trained and do this effectively, but we have a, a leader, uh, John Avery, who I'm just really thrilled mm-hmm. about seeing him in that role. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Diane, I'll turn and ask you, um, from your perspective, um, you know, you have served in roles and ministries here at the church, women's ministry, and part of the mini church kind of uh, leading with John of guiding and training. What have you seen God do in in your life over the years of being here at FBC? Because you are... You are very relevant, um, but you're not always up front. And so I want to have the church here from from your perspective. You know, what have you seen God do um, since you've been living here in Winchester? Well, my passion is that Jesus is practical Mm. and the word of God Mm. is practical. And that's why I do love the counseling ministry is that it's the greatest bait and switch. People come Mm. with a need and you get to share Jesus Mm. and how he meets needs. But. So I think in my life, you know, I don't see it as being religious. I'm not interested in religion. (laughs) I'm not interested in blah, 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 you know. So faith for me is where the rubber meets the road. Hmm. And that can be found in any ministry. I love the preschool ministry because kids are so straightforward and truthful. Four-year-olds are the best. So we've had a great time back there. Foils are the best. They are the best. They, <laughs> when they're not yours, right? They, they come and they tell you when their parents have had a fight. Like that. <laughs> sure. But they, um, so the preschool ministry has been a, a great and fun, exciting thing. But mostly I've just appreciated um, the input into my life that so many of people in this body have had. Um, I've had people confront me on times that I've hurt them because I do say stupid things. And um, I've had to confront other people, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. and we if we have a basis of love in the body, we we can talk about hard things and we can talk about real things and not be afraid of pain because it's God's greatest tool in our life. And um So I've just gotten to do that. And when I met a woman recently who was a pastor's wife, she said, well, you know how it is in your church where you really can't make friends. So my friends, when we retired, we had to move near my family because I'm close to my sister. And I really was kind of speechless Hmm. um, because I thought, what would I have done if I had had a life of ministry with no friends? Mm Mm-hmm. This body yeah. has built into me and changed me and mm. made me who I am. You know, we've laughed together and cried together and hurt together. And that's what Christian life is about. So to think I should be above it all or or detached from it, that's just, it grieved me for her. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what to say. 
um, and she was assuming I would agree. So, and it's part of being a family. I mean, that's what the body mm-hmm. of Christ is meant to be. And as mm-hmm. John, you explained how our church has grown over the years. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is a little more challenging to yeah. have that family-like atmosphere, yeah. mm-hmm. which is why smaller groups and community groups are so valuable. I believe mm-hmm. to to have that family-like you know, encouraging and authentic fellowship occurring Mm -hmm. with people to where you can speak into somebody's lives. But I think of family and I also think of fun. I mean, it's, it's, life is not all serious, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're doing life together. And so you're, you're encouraging each other through births of children and birthdays and graduations and job changes and you name it. So saying all that, you guys have seen some fun here at Fellowship over the years. Yeah, I just want to turn the page here. I want to give a little opportunity of some parting jokes that you guys might have or parting stories that you guys might have um, just to pass on of just what have you experienced over the last that would many require, years? That would require me to remember something. Oh, well, that's why you've got a partner, <laughs> oh, yeah, right? I do have a partner who remembers. Oh, I remember that. lots of funny stories. But one that comes to mind right now is we just spent some time with Jim and Marianne Davis and they were in our community group. And after community group, the kids would come up from upstairs and they would follow Jim around. He was like the Pied Piper. And we looked at him one day and said, Jim, have you ever thought of being involved in children's ministry? And he was like, oh. And he and Marianne served back in preschool and those kids loved him so much. And he, when we just got together with them to say goodbye, I hope, Jim, you know, he, you know, with tears in his eyes, he yeah. said the best and most impactful thing you guys ever did was to encourage me to go to children's ministry. Mm. He said, it was the greatest joy of my Christian life mm. is working back there. Mm. And I just think those are the kind of things you get to know people's gifts in a community group, in a smaller group setting. And it's been so fun, those kind of things. Yeah. Seeing yeah. how God uses all kinds of things. Yeah, and I think related to that, I, I, I do. You just said about small groups, and Diane right. tells it one, and she's got lots of stories. Um, but I do. When I think about people going to a church where the Bible is taught and where God is worshipped, and where He is presented around the world as well as locally, when I think about that kind of a church, and those people don't get to know people over a cup of coffee at Panera or in a small group or in a ladies' Bible study or in a group of men on a Thursday morning or something, if they don't have the life on life, the time in the Word, the time, the place to be genuine and the place to listen and to share, I grieve for them so much because the body of the, the Christian life was not meant to be lived alone. Yeah. It, it just wasn't. And, yeah. and Diane and I, I mean, if Diane and I tried to live the Christian life without rubbing up against people in the pain and in the joy, it would just, oh, it would just be the saddest thing. Especially it, as a pastor. And as you were explaining, yeah. Diane, of somebody who is kind of on a pedestal in that sense of a small church and a, a, a pastor and the wife being this untouchable or yeah. un friendable is that not even a word but you, you know mm-hmm. somebody who's not uh, approachable to to be a friend that yeah. would be lonely but see i also think that and this is god gets the credit for this but our elders have helped set the stage for this and mark carey as i mean he was the senior pastor when we came 
Um, and I believe that Marcus helped set the stage, but I think part of it is you have elders who aren't looking at staff to say, we want you to appear to be something. Mm. When they hire somebody, they want to hire somebody who knows Christ, shows it in their character, follows it through in their work, and already is has a discipling heart. And they're not looking for you to be something more than what you are, and they're not pretending to be more than what they are. And as a result, they become, I mean, I think about I think there are probably some churches where Diane's comment to Steve McLaughlin about, I, I didn't recognize you with your pants on. Well, you have to tell the whole story. There's a context. No, no, no. I mean, no, I mean, I bet there are a lot of churches where you couldn't get away with that. And, and she wasn't trying to be funny. She just saw him and, you know, and because he had had a broken leg for a long time and been wearing shorts. Um, so you, you know, the that, before the story. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, she had seen him in shorts for nine months because of this massively broken leg. And then he has, and she she just sees him and first thing out of her mouth is, Steve, I didn't recognize you with your pants on. That's great. <laughs> and there were two or three people around going, excuse me? So, you know, I mean, if, if a church can't be a place where as serious as we get in the word and as serious as we get in calling people to faith in Christ and, and all of what that involves and have just the time to laugh, if we don't have both. Yeah, I just I agree. Well, now that that story is out of the bag, we had plenty of stories that were shared in the staff lunch for you guys a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember enough them enough to share, but Diane, I'll give you an opportunity. There was one story that I remember of a little pen light. Does that ring a bell? Can you elaborate on that for us? So in the ancient of days, there used to be a, or, uh, an event called the Follies at Fellowship Bible Church. Where in it was, the middle of the winter when is that what it was, else was happening. Yeah, yeah. and it was kind of a talent show. But um, Mark and John, and was it Mike, Mike Lukens, and did anybody else? I can't remember. They did dueling banjos with laser lights stuck up their nostrils. <laughs> And it was something that I just, and so then you were preaching and Mark was in the audience and he was trying to get John. I was up leading and I was leading worship, uh, (laughs) not the singing part, but reading scripture and opening prayer. And Mark got his pen light out and was in the front row doing his nose, trying to get John to, to... mess up, I guess. But. So the moral of the story is anybody with a pen light just show up in church and sit in the front row and do that to Mark Carey hey, and, I like and that. see what I like happens. I, yeah. I like that practical lesson. Okay. Yeah. That's you good. You got it. Good. Good advice. Well, but I've got, before you close, I just have to say, um, I mean, a lot of you, um, we know, uh, you've let us know you and um, some of you we don't. It's a big enough place. There's some people we don't know, but I can't thank you enough for your uh, grace and your kindness to us and to our family over these last 29 years. I mean, we raised our family here. Our, all four of our kids went to the same high school. All four of our kids have one church in memory of their, in terms of their formation of their mm-hmm. lives. And now in their, they live in four different cities. And when they talk about their churches, they talk about it in light of fellowship. Well, it's a little more this than fellowship. It's a little different than fellowship on this. And when I hear how Christ has been formed in each one of them, Fellowship Bible Church has been this huge part. It's the small group leaders in the youth ministry. It's the people who ministered to them in the children's ministry. I, You think about a Sam Smith. I mean, we can remember one of our kids 
didn't like to go anywhere. He just didn't like to go anywhere. And uh, But there were two men <laughs> in the nursery and uh, preschool, and he would go to them. And I just think back to all the different people. And so I guess I just want to say thank you. Thank you for ministering Jesus to us. Thank you for being friends. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for putting up with my weaknesses. Um, just thank you for being a place where Jesus is reflected. Uh, I remember a, a saying by a pastor from a number of years ago. He said, uh, all of us as Christians are just flashlights shining at the sun when it comes to us towards Christ. And, uh, and, and, there's, and, and that's true. I mean, I, we are not flashlights up the nostrils, but we're flashlights <laughs> shining at the Be sun here. with respect to Christ. But, but you and your life, your faith, your <clears throat> continued perseverance, your trusting God, your confessing of sin, turning of sin, turning towards more of what God has for you, um, you folks have um, changed our lives forever. Hmm. And we just thank you for letting us be part of it with you. Yeah. Well, I want to give you a last final question, kind of for both of you guys. What what words would you have for fellowship? You know, you just mm -hmm. gave your appreciation, your thanks to the body. What words of encouragement um, from a pastoral care heart um, standpoint? And, I'll, and let you I'll, go let, first. I'll let Diane go first. Even of just what would you want to speak to? You know, you've been here for the last 29, 30 years. What would you want FBC to look like, you know, down the road? And, and what encouragement would there be for you to, to pass on to us? Well, I think the encouragement is that the church is always changing with um, new generations. It looks a little different. But in the book of Hebrews, it, it warns about drifting. And I think that church in general, you know, the larger church, in, especially in the United States, is drifting. And I pray for Fellowship Bible Church that the centrality of the scriptures, that where you find truth with a capital T, is not on to be found in a blog or a podcaster or personality, but that it's to be found in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And I, I find things like, there's a lot of people saying things like, I don't need any toxic people in my life. That's This is an example of a cultural expression right now. And I, if you're a believer, I think you need to decide, is that what scripture says? Mm. To get rid of all the toxic people in your life so that you can be happy? Um, there's a lot of things like that. I think our culture, we're, we're inundated with lies that we don't even recognize as lies. Mm. And so that would be my wish for FBC, that with grace and love and joy, FBC could plant a flag and not drift. That's great. Thanks. And I guess I would piggyback off of that. Um, she was mentioning Hebrews and how the whole book is really a series of warnings um, from drifting from for genuine believers. And uh, Diane pointed out to me that after she and the ladies who were studying Hebrews together on our back porch, as they got into well into halfway through uh, chapter 10, uh, she mentioned to me, I think maybe that night at dinner, she said, I was so overcome at looking at verses 24 and 25 of chapter 10 in our study um, because of the warning to um, 
not forsake the assembling of ourselves as is the habit of some, but um, uh, all. Uh, but I left out the phrase, and then all the more as you see the day drawing near. What's that next? Continue to uh, spur one another on to love and good deeds. But, yeah, yeah. And, and she just made the point. She said, "Gosh, when you think of it, saying." When you think of it saying all the more as you see the day drawing near, that means mm. the longer we go in the Christian life and the shorter time it is till Jesus returns, we should be meeting more, not less. And she made the point, she said, when I think about COVID and people's habits in the church, mm. not just on a Sunday morning do people come less, but people pursue one another less. And she just said, I, I read that and I was like, I cannot afford to... Uh, to forsake the assembly. Mm. And I just really appreciate that. And I think I would say that that's not just about don't stop going to church. It's that, but it's don't stop pursuing friendships in the Lord. Don't stop pursuing growth opportunities. Um, Christ not only deserves it, but his purposes in your life deserve it. And so um, we just... I think that would be part of something. Yeah. And it's a good yeah. word for us as we move to a new community where no one's going to know hmm. us. Yeah. That if we need to um, assemble together even more as the day draws near, that we need to jump in mm-hmm. and not say, oh, I'm worked hard now. Right. Well, I know your hearts. I know you do need rest, but you have a heart and passion for other people mm-hmm. and a heart and passion for the church, the body of Christ. And I've got a feeling that you'll find some friends and plug in very quickly um, to, to be able to encourage others and have others encourage you. So on behalf of the body, I will say thank you guys as well. Um, trust me, it's not going to be just my voice saying that. We're going to give the body an opportunity to, to share their appreciation to you over the next couple of weeks as well. But I would just say that from what I've heard many people say already, the heart, the care, the compassion for people mm. that both of you guys have mm. in just daily life. And just the walk that people have, John, your, your job of counseling, that, that idea of biblical ministry of counseling people is challenging. <laughs> I don't see how you do it. So thank you for that many years of bearing the burden for people um, and, and caring from that standpoint of our body, <laughs> having the tough conversations with people, having the, uh, the pointing people to Christ um, always at the forefront of your heart. I know that's much appreciated from the church. So Thanks, Mark. My, com- my comments don't do it justice, but I will just say thank you. And you will be hopefully hearing from the church in the next week or two. Um, before you go, we do have, guys, obviously the big all-church gathering this coming Sunday, um, May 22nd. And so, John, you will be in the pulpit, and um, we will hopefully hear... Hear those final words from okay. God's word from you then. So we don't right. want to spoil to that. <laughs> and spill the beans now. Looking forward to that. Um, but uh, we'll everybody have, pray about the weather right yes. now. Right, looking rough. We shall see what happens. Pray for the weather because we do have that outdoor planned time that if it is rain, there'll be a 830 in the morning service and a 1030 service. Okay. So indoors if it indoors rains. Indoors if outdoors. it rains. Okay. Outdoors is 10 o'clock. Yeah. And um, we have food prepared and just a fun time. Just some other fun special um Surprises. I'll yeah. keep you guys waiting for. But May twenty second, um, that's the that's the case. So thank you guys for being here. Thank the you, conversation you, went great. I really appreciate your words, and I know the church does as well. So um, for all of you guys watching and listening online as well, this is the Fellowship Family Podcast that you're listening to, and I really feel like the the family idea of what we're all about here at Fellowship came through in our conversation. So. 
keep sharing your thoughts and comments of what you want to hear and see from us as well. You can go to the fbcva.org slash podcast to, uh, to find where we are on all platforms. So until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day.